We're them. We're they. We are the men in black. You know what the difference is between you and me? I make this look good. Welcome to Double Impact, the podcast where we double back on the movies that impacted us growing up as 90s kids and decide whether they hold up today or are best left in the past. I'm Tristan. And I'm Greg. Welcome back for another week, friends of the show. It's a delight to have you here. Delight. We're doing Men in Black. We are. Le, les, Homme. Le Homme de Noir. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's probably pretty close. We were going to do... Um, we were going to do a little film by the name of Dick Tracy. Yeah, Dick Tracy. Yeah, we we're going to do that and then... It's not available. Last minute we realised it's not available. Anywhere. So on a whim we decided to do Men in Black and why not? We were both excited. This was Tristan's whim. And what a whim because it's been on the tip of my tongue for some time. I was likening it to karaoke, R.I.P. Ding Dong Dang. R.I.P. That it's like the song that you oh I should sing that at karaoke next time and you forget when you're there. Yeah, Men in Black. I keep thinking oh we should do another, do that on the podcast and yeah. I keep forgetting to uh-huh. yeah. So 1997, uh-huh. you got a little uh, Greg Memberberry for us. Memberberry. Well, look, you know we 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 don't talk a lot about the songs of the years. Yeah, that uh, takes you that, back, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, a little. And given there was a big you know theme song for this yeah, film, it was. The technical term. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought I'd look at the uh, the old top ten from 1997. So I'm just going to read these out. All right. Uh, coming in at number ten was "Break My Stride" by Unique Two. Wow, that was 90s. That's the same mm-hmm. year as Men in Black song. Would you have thought it was older? Yeah, same. I would have thought that was like '89 or something. <laughs> number nine. What's that? Breathe by the Prodigy. Oh, okay, I can hear that now. Mate, should I sing them and you guess? Okay. <laughs> it could be a while. Don't speak. Yeah, good one. Good piano song. Yeah. Don't like that one. Oh, come on. You got that song. You got to get to with cola. No, it's the, the other one. The, I'll be your best, Number six, and in black. Ah. Number five, Bop. Fuck. By the Handsome Bros. Uh, number four, I'll Be Missing You by Puff Daddy, a.k.a. P. Diddy, Puffy, mm. and Faith Evans. Number three was Chumbawamba's Tub Thumping, I Get Knocked Down and Get Up Again. Fuck. Number two was Barbie Girl by Aqua. This is not a strong year. What a year. trash. Oh. This is a not a good year. This is fucking horrible. Uh, and number one was Candle in the Wind slash something about the way you look tonight. How does he get two songs? How does that work? Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's because Candle in the Wind was a re-release. I don't know. I don't, I don't know how Well, because it would have been a Diana's Candle in the Wind. Yeah, sure. that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he did the re-release. Changed Man, the lyrics. I, in, the, in defense of 1997 – Top ten songs are probably always pretty shit. Yeah, that's year. true. There's probably good songs from that year. Yeah. They just weren't the top ten. That's 10s. trash. Isn't it? <laughs> that just 
shows you that um, people have terrible taste. I mean, we have been considering doing a music version of this podcast, mm-hmm. so finding have, songs and deciding if they hold up today or best left in the past. And it's pretty interesting because, yeah, a lot of those, man, they do not, sir. Yeah. Even some of the better ones, like I'll be missing you, is not great. Yeah, and it, like Breathe by the Prodigy, I probably uh, it's, yeah, yeah. like parts of it. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So that happened. She. I think it's best that we move along. Yeah, I think it is. Um, well, big year for Men in Black, the song. Big year for Men in Black, the movie. Ah. <laughs> um, big year for movies overall. This oh, yeah? is, it's a Titanic year for movies. Go on. Titanic was the number one movie that year. Uh-huh. Um, I'm not going to go through the top ten because we've done this year quite a few times because we did – I know you did last summer. Uh-huh. We did – Face Off. Con Air. Oh, yeah, Face Off was this year too. Shit. Con Air, something else too. What else? Do we, oh, Fifth Element. Oh. Something else. Uh, we've done a lot. We've done others. <laughs> we've done a few. That's why Greg had to go to Top 10 Music because you probably used all your little factoids. I'm, uh, yeah, it's it's getting harder. <laughs> it's going to be impossible. I'm squeezing the juice from the lemon. I look forward to seeing how this segment evolves. Um, we just got to do more 88 movies. <laughs> but this particular movie... Did crack the top ten? It even cracked the top five. It even mm-hmm. cracked the top three. The number three movie, Ooh. which we're talking about today, in 1997, was Men in Black. But Men in Black came out in July, summer blockbuster, 1997. Oh, old Will, 4th of July. Yeah, 4th of July, Willie. This was the second one, I suppose. Mm-hmm. And then every summer after that mm-hmm. until he... Did Wild Wild West. Yeah, which wasn't soon, wasn't long after this yeah. and was also the same director. Ah. Which is interesting. Yeah, I got a bit more on that later. But uh, budget of $90 million, gross of $589.4 oh million. Dollars. Wow. Massive. Massive critic score of 92%, audience score of 79%. I, that is, yeah, I was pondering on that. 92? Yeah. Wow. Uh, but I actually, well, not that I disagree, I'm not going to spoil that yet, but uh, it's one of those movies you just expect the audience score to be higher than critic. But it ain't. Ah, uh, well, I'm just amazed again. Was this a big one for you though, Greg? Ah, uh, look, it was a big movie. Yeah. You know, it was a, it had cultural cachet. Were you a, Will Smith guy? Big time. Yeah. I've never not been. I have in between in between years. When he was just like getting a little bit too Wild Westy. Yeah. Yeah. Wild West uh, around this time, soon after this music-wise when it was no longer Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince, it was just Will Smith. I kind of wasn't a fan of that. But I was massive into yeah. Fresh Prince of Bel-Air and obviously I'm not the only one. That was a massive show. But like I loved that show. And when he started blowing up, it felt like one of my guys is blowing up. Yeah. This is exciting. Yeah. And I wanted to see everything he did. It's probably him and Jim Carrey, although Jim Carrey only, he was already a movie star when I loved him, so it's different. But they were probably my two guys. That was, yeah. My dad was quite early on the Will, on the will train. Right. He was like, his kid's going to be a big star. I think that's probably why he became a big star because, like, everyone liked him. Like, yeah. our parents liked him. <laughs> you know what I mean? Hey, Prince Charming. Yeah. Charming dude. 
I still watch Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Not like I don't binge it and watch it every day or anything like how people do The Office and stuff, but I, it's a certain mood and I'll just throw on an episode of Fresh yeah. Prince of Bel-Air. Oh, yeah. And most of it is hilarious just because of him. Like it's that it's not that hilarious on paper, but just his He's a special he guy. He's very special. He is special. I'm sure we'll talk more about that. Yeah. But um yeah, I went through a funny thing with him. So I was obsessed. It probably peaks with like Boom Shake the Room. I had that Ooh. single. Yeah. And it was like, you know, there's singles and they had like six different versions on there. Here I go, here I go, here I here I go, yo. <laughs> Like that? Oh, man. What year did that come out? I don't know. It must have been just a couple of years before this, I would guess. Yeah, it feels like it feels like I was at a school dance or two where that was. Yeah, 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 yeah. Your movie uh, it was massive. Yet? But then, yeah, I think I kind of became a bit too cool for him mm, as yeah. I started to discover the broader NWA world of rap. Yeah. <laughs> and I got, you know, we did, in those days you didn't have many CDs, but I, I had like Doggy Style and... Machiavelli. I love Tupac's new record. Oh. And so that's all I listen to. There's I'm no like, room for Will You're not going to listen to Will Smith. Shit, yeah, exactly. So I kind of went off him for a while. And, I, yeah, the whole, I was like, oh, he's not a sellout. I didn't think of it in that way, but I just kind of moved on. It's a bit daggy. Yeah, I, I kind of thought it was a bit daggy. Um, and then I eventually came back to him. And it, the same goes for this movie. I think I loved it when it first came out. And then I thought, I, you know, without watching it again or whatever, I kind of moved on. and. Uh-huh. You know, film student Tristan emerges. Yes. Pretentious Tristan. There wasn't like, enough intertwining storylines. <laughs> and then all these years later, it's one of those ones that I'm like, fuck, I want to watch Men in Black again. I think it's mm. way better than I think it is. Mm. I mean, Wild Wild West probably isn't. <laughs> I, I'm not going to rush to do that. No. I don't think I ever saw well, I'm it. I'm not sure actually. I saw the whole thing either. Yeah. I don't think I saw it. I feel like I've seen part of it, but maybe I just saw the film clip. Does it have Jackie Chan? No, that's Shanghai Noon. Yeah. Yeah, he's different, that's different, different, different movie. <laughs> that's got but it's our, West. That's got our main man. Wow. <laughs> I think the sequel's got shittier too. So I think that tarnished the image of this movie mm-hmm. in my head too. Mm. Shitty sequels. That'll happen. Yeah, yeah. And then the new one obviously has been Ill-received? Ill-received. Has Critically it? panned. Aww. Looks like trash. Yeah. But we'll get into all yeah, of this. Yeah, we will. We'll, this we'll, is we'll what we're going to talk about. That. We're still in the – we haven't done our origin story yet. How oh, about we do that? Yeah, press the button. Origin story. So this, I think it's our second movie that's based on a comic book. Second? Yeah. Uh, what's the other one? Teenage Mutant Ninja yeah, Turtles. Yeah, damn it, that was the only one I had. Yeah, and it's a similar, similar kind of story because it's just a – a small comic. Is this our only our second comic book adaptation? Yeah, because it was the 90s and 80s, man. There weren't a ton of them. I feel like we've done more novellas than we have. <laughs> Probably right. Crazy. <laughs> um, it was based on a comic book by the name of The Men in Black. Ah. Yes. yes. TMIBs. Yeah, TMIBs. <laughs> um, it was published by a small comic book publisher called Air Cell back in 1990? Something. 92? Something like that. Early Good 90s. Year. Early 90s. And originally it was um, just three, it was like a miniseries of three books basically by um, Lowell Cunningham and Sandy Carruthers was the artist. Um, but there were some pretty big differences yeah. as you've come to expect with many of these types of stories the original comic book was much darker and grittier. No way. 
the, the origin story or, or the, the, the adaptation very closely resembles Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles in that it was much darker, much grittier, uh-huh. like the comic book of Ninja Turtles. More they were, they underground? Were more underground. Actually, I think it was potentially. The men in black were more brutal, like they were, they were just taking care of businessmen. Mm, mm. It wasn't funny, I don't think, or maybe if it was funny it was more dry. Mm-hmm. So Jay, the Will Smith equivalent, he didn't opt into any of it. He kind of just fell into it and they, without his consent, you know, removed his background and all that kind of stuff and he became one of them. It wasn't just aliens. It was all supernatural. So in, of the original three comic books, only the second one was about aliens. First one was about some super drug that turns people into monsters. Okay. The third one, they fight a demon. So These it was all different fairly, shit. They got a few feathers in there. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, yeah. And I think I saw they're not I think the idea of the men in black, it existed in terms of some as an idea of yeah. those types. They just take they take, they care, take of care of whatever Because they're in the X Files as like well. Like Mr. Wolf. Yeah, exactly. Like Mr. Wolf. And in the X Files as well, are they referred to the men in black and that kind of shit? Oh. But not like oh. as in the movie. But yeah. yeah. So it was just like a commonly used phrase, I think. But yeah, it's very, very different to the movie. The, the, as close as it gets is that second edition with that was focused on aliens was a cockroach alien coming to a farm. So very similar to the opening of this oh, movie, yeah. but not that it completely deviates. Sugar, more. We, he does the, you can take the gun from my cold dead hands and so the alien goes away and comes back every day to check if he's dead yet. It doesn't just kill him. Ah, yeah, so it's like a bit, literal. Yeah, very literal. That was like the, apparently the thing of that species or something. But anyway, very very different. I said it was similar to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, but this wasn't like a huge phenomenon or anything. It was, I guess, well received to a certain niche community of fans, but it wasn't mm-hmm. like whoa, it's taking the world by storm. Yeah, um, it wasn't um, MIB mania at that. It stage. certainly was not. So it actually ended up becoming a Marvel comic eventually, because that comic. Uh-huh. That publisher got absorbed by another publisher and then that happened like five more times or whatever to get to become a Marvel comic. Yeah. Um, not that they made any more of them until this movie came out apparently. Yeah. But despite this being a relatively low-key success, a couple of producer types from Sony Pictures wanted in. They wanted to get in the Men in Black business. Yeah. Um, so they optioned the rights in 1992, the uh-huh. film rights in 1992, and they hired – this is – Pretty hilarious. Guess who wrote this movie? Keith. Keith. <laughs> it wasn't Keith. It was, you're really close in that there's a human name. Um, <laughs> Ed Solomon, who wrote, he was the co-writer of <laughs> Bill and Ted. Yeah. Which is when I, I didn't know that when I was making all my notes and then I went back to do Origin Story. I'm like, this. all my notes make perfect sense because I'm saying a lot of the same things I said about Bill and Ted. Could you like draw a big picture like the police use on a crime syndicate? Well, there's some kind of infographic forming in my head yeah. of a lot of these different worlds. Mm. It's like a lap pack one where you can see oh. how they're all connected and it's Joel Silver there and there's this, there's definitely like a few, yeah. Wait for Double Impact, the book. We'll yeah. get into all that. The, Would it be a novella? <laughs> potentially a novella. The novella. <laughs> Double Impact, the novella. Excellent. <laughs> it takes the pressure off too. It can be much shorter. Yeah. <laughs> so they hired the the, yeah, the the guy. Yeah. The Bill and Ted guy. This is not the one with the dad with the No, it was the other the one. The other guy. And when you look at him specifically, he's done a lot more. He's this is not the goofy movie guy. Mm. I didn't notice that when we 
read about Neither it. Neither did like I. I think ago. I just looked at them together. So yeah. I only looked at like, yeah, there was Very a couple of movies. Pickings. Yeah. So he's done a lot more. There were a few others in there now, now I forget. But this was the most significant yep. in my opinion. And at some point um, Spielberg and his company Amblin Entertainment gets involved. Oh, so yeah, he's, in, he's in the wings. He's the executive producer or something. Um, but he wanted Barry Sonnenfeld. He was just come off the success of The Addams Family uh-huh. and its sequel. Addams Family Values. Mm. But he was tied up in Get Shorty. Oh. Yeah. And so they were looking to another director, Les Mayfield, who had just done the remake of Miracle on 34th Street. Okay. And they thought, oh, that's been well received. Maybe that person's good. Then they dug deeper into the CV and <laughs> see no man. Went on to do Flubber and Blue Streak. Nice. And they were like, oh, nah, probably not, probably not the guy. Not that he had made all those yet, but I think they could tell. They, pick, they <laughs> picked it. They picked it. Um, so they waited for him. They waited for Barry Sonnenfeld, which is pretty cool. Mm. He came in. He made some further changes to the script. So it was more underground apparently, tunnels and such. It was more in the country in Kansas and that kind of thing. He moved it to New York because ah. he thought New York is a more tolerant of the types of disguises aliens would be wearing, which I agree with 100%. There's clothes I haven't worn since moving back from New York. Mm. No one judges you how you, how you dress there. Not yeah. that I was wearing anything that outlandish, but there's just certain things I just haven't worn since I've been back. I feel like there's cities like New York, London, Paris. You buy you, shit on holidays and you don't wear anything. 100%. Yeah, I've and done you, that. You work around over there thinking you're cool. Yeah. And then you get back to Sydney. And especially because... In, I'm thinking of a specific time when I went to France or something before we had anything like H&M or Topshop yeah. or Zara yeah. in Australia. Yeah. And so you're like, you're buying all this random shit. Some of it's kind of quality, some of it's shitty quality. All of it is like hyper trendy. Yeah, yeah 100%. <laughs> like Very extremely trendy for that month or whatever. That month, yeah. Yeah, and you're like, oh, fast man. Fashion. Exactly, yeah, fast fashion for sure. We didn't really, well, I didn't really grasp that yet. I was like, yeah, of course I need some like patent leather purple high tops. <laughs> that kind of shit. <laughs> got them. I think I did. I never wore them. Yeah. But I was also, I think the price of those things too, you get so excited. Yeah, because it's cheap. Like, oh, my I God. Everything in Australia was so expensive. That's right. Um, what were we talking about? <laughs> um, the costumes fitting in into a big city like New nah, York. Ah, yeah, which I think is a great call. Yeah. Lots of weirdos around New York. Yeah, yeah. You know, you just don't make eye contact. Yeah, you wear sunnies so you can look at them. Exactly, exactly. Now, I don't know if you came across these, Greg, but there's some pretty juicy precasts in the mix here. I heard a few. Yeah, very interesting. A couple of significant, like. Like, yeah. They were were working, they were there. And certified, yeah. Sometimes these are just like, oh, and they they thought about this guy and it's like, whatever. Mm. These are people who actually got offered, it was initially, Offered to be a Clint Eastwood and Chris O'Donnell mm. joint, which is weird. Obviously, Clint Eastwood is Will Smith's character, and, uh, <laughs> yeah. but he turned it. Skateboarding. <laughs> um, he turned it down. Chris O'Donnell also turned it down because he thought it was too similar to his character in Batman, kind of the new rookie type of deal. So he turned it down. But then yeah. also, David Schwimmer. Yeah. yeah. What, what the fuck? What is that movie? Which one? He would have played Will Smith's character. Just picture David Swimmer in Will Smith's character for that opening scene. Yeah. Hi. You know, when he catches up to the alien, he goes, oh, hi. 
I got to think, I don't know what the sequencing of these things were because the script changed several times. I got to think that the script that Schwimmer rejected was not the script we saw on screen. Like he, yeah, he couldn't have been that character. Like that's not a, no, he, he can't. It just would have been a different movie. <laughs> just no. Just no, David. <laughs> How? <laughs> <laughs> I do have a soft spot for David Schwimmer. I don't know why. Pivot. <laughs> yeah. Every now and then, you know, like every few years you'll just start watching Friends again. I don't know if you do that. We do that in this household. And, uh, and yeah, I, sometimes low-key he's the funniest one sometimes. Well, Carol was telling me, I think I must have mentioned it to him when we were watching the movie about oh, yeah. the precasting. She was saying how he was the biggest star going into Friends. I didn't realise. Oh. Apparently he was getting. Yeah, he instigated a pay increase for the others when they weren't getting paid as much as him. Oh. Did you know this? No. Neither. I guess none of them were famous. He might have just been slightly famous. I don't know. I don't know. Is he a child star or something? I don't know. Fuck. He's in a TV commercial. <laughs> wow. I'd never fucked with a shrimp. No, because I, it was going to be that other guy from the single guy, wasn't it? Uh, Jonathan, Jonathan Silver, uh, Silverman. Silverman. Yeah, that guy. <laughs> Weekend at Bernie's guy. Weekend at Bernie's guy. Yeah, we, we, we come full circle here. Obviously none of those people in the movie. Oh, also Edgar, John Totaro and Bruce Campbell also turned it down, which as much as I like those two guys, they would have been interesting. You can't, John Tato- Yeah. You can't. I oh mean, we'll talk more about Vincent D'Onofrio as the podcast unfolds. But just around our cast, obviously none of those people um, saw the magic in this script and and – Moved along. But we had Tommy Lee Jones as Agent K, Will Smith as Agent J, Linda Fiorentino as Dr. Laurel Weaver, Vincent D'Onofrio as the guy, the alien in an Edgar suit, um, Rip Torn as Z, and all the rest. Can I just say, for your pronunciations. <laughs> I passed. Yeah, you've, mate. They're all pretty 100%. easy. 100%. Will, Will Smith? Well, Smith? Um, Vincent Donofrio. I've I've have heard that name a lot. Oh, I just still can't say it. I just, <laughs> I'm, something about the combination of letters that I look at it and it, it doesn't look like one. it sounds like that. It's the apostrophe. Yeah, apostrophes are a waste of time. Only O man. can have it be followed by. They shouldn't a have apostrophe. any apostrophes in any names. Now that we type primarily on phones, it's just it's not it's not useful. Change it. Yeah, get rid of it. It's like get rid of the penny. We don't need those. Yeah. The apostrophe is the penny of. Well, we definitely don't need pennies. Yeah, given it's not our currency. We don't need five centers either. No, we don't need five cents. Well, although, anyway, although I can get Bruce to clean a room for five cents. Well, we do need him. Yeah. Send your <laughs> send your five cents to Greg's house. It drives the economy. Um, you know what they did then? They got these people, got them, yeah. arranged them in front of a camera, acted out various scenes. Yeah. Shot them, cut them together. Bish bash bosh. Got self a movie. Rap party. The Viper Room. Glorious. Glorious. Should I play the trailer? Please do. I want some sweet La Fontaine. We work for a highly funded yet unofficial government agency. We'll take it from here. Who the hell are you? INS Division 6. There is no Division 6. Our mission is to monitor extraterrestrial activity on Earth. You're only here because you're the best of the best. And we're looking for one of you. Hey! 
What's up? I'm gonna get some coffee. You want some coffee? No, thank you. I'm fine. Hey, you guys get along all right? All right, I'm in. From now on, you will have no identifying marks of any kind. You are no longer part of the system. We are the men in black. You know what the difference is between you and me? I make this look good. Series 4, de-atomizer. That's what I'm talking about. Noisy cricket. I feel like I'm gonna break this damn thing. Oh, it gets better. Dad, we have a bug. Unlimited technology from the whole universe, and we cruise around in a Ford POS. Fasten your seatbelt. See, now we got to work on your people skills. Columbia Pictures and Amblin Entertainment present... I knew it. This is an alien, and you guys are from some government agency trying to keep it under wraps. Nah. <laughs> Tommy Lee Jones. I'm gonna count to three. He'll do it, Jeeves. One. I'm telling you, that man does not look stable. Two. He's always crazy. Why don't you get a massage or take a cruise? Three. Do you have any idea how much that stings? Will Smith. What the hell are you? Your world's gonna end. In a new film from the director of The Addams Family and Get Shorty. Men in Black. Protecting the Earth from the scum of the universe. You know how to use these things? No idea whatsoever. Good trailer. They packed a lot in. Did you happen to notice the tenuous link between this movie and Expo 88? Yes. You did? Of course. All right, I'll leave it at that. We'll come back to that yeah, later. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> of course. Not a bad trail. I think that was La Fontaine in there giving us the lowdown. Yeah, like it was one of those uh, clip-driven, you know. I like to hear Don give us a, his version of the movie. Well, I want to hear you. Greg, give us his version of the movie. I'd be delighted. All right. Because on the surface, it's a classic buddy cop sci-fi action comedy. Explosions, gags, etc., etc. But much like the illegal border jumping alien hiding under a Mexican poncho with a fake head on a stick... (laughs) Just underneath the surface lies a tale, mm. a tale of duty, honour, selflessness, underpinned by notes of unbridled enthusiasm. <laughs> Two men going about their business with no fuss. Their business being the thin black line between order and chaos, keeping our unknown alien population under control keeping the universe operating smoothly. Day in, day out, they are preventing catastrophes that may result in the extinction of our planet. And their reward? Total and absolute anonymity. Mm. No family, Mm. no friends, Mm. no fingerprints. Mm. Who doesn't want fingerprints? (laughs) Men in Black is a cinematic ode to all those legends around the world who are getting things done, keeping things moving, without recognition, without making a fuss. Mm. 
It's potentially also a love story between a bug in a man suit and cockroaches. Agree. Lovely. Love that. Unbridled enthusiasm. Can't believe it took us to episode 84 <laughs> or whatever it is. Dude. I think it took Will Smith. Do you, what? Because genuinely unbridled enthusiasm. I think he, yeah, he, yeah. he has an unbridled enthusiasm. <laughs> he does. <laughs> yeah. How, how was the rewatch for you? Uh, it was a positive rewatch experience. Yeah. It was a delight. I watched it twice actually. And um, I would say in case you couldn't tell from my fairly conceptual synopsis, I didn't totally understand what was going on either time. Yeah, I agree. I um, I enjoyed it. It was yeah. delightful. And I was reading I think Roger Ebert's review of this and he said something about how he couldn't tell you what the plot was. And I was like, oh, that's a bit harsh. And then I was like, oh, wait, yeah, I don't know. And I, Obviously a bunch of stuff happened. And there's a bad guy. But what was he going to do with that little universe in a marble thing? Mm. Why was that a danger to Earth specifically? Was it, I don't know. Are we existing inside that and he was going to crush it? I don't know. Yeah. So that was, um, I mean, obviously broad strokes, yeah, big bad guy, took the thing, we need to get the thing. Yeah, yeah of course. But, yeah. I got the men in black <laughs> conceptually. Yeah. That was easy to get. Because they were men. They were men. They clean up the business. They, they were um, in black. I did appreciate the explanation of um, the agency and how it was self-funded through uh, various patents of alien technology that That was cool, but I thought they could have also, I, I liked that a lot. That was awesome. Yeah. But I also thought it could be cool if we saw aliens we would recognise from other movies in this oh, yeah? and that maybe they licensed those to Hollywood too and that's why Ooh. that E.T. looks like that because there's an alien that looks like that. They sold him to the Amblin people. They sold him to Amblin, exactly. And, and They could have. And you go, yeah, it's not special effects. That was, He was acting in that. Yeah. You know, that could yeah. have been another fun thing like in um, Wreck-It Ralph when the other video game characters yeah. are there. It's it's a little thing, little yes and perhaps a little yeah, it's a little introduction of a scene. I loved uh, Toby Lee Jones, but isn't this thing going to replace CD soon? <laughs> Got to buy the White Album again. <laughs> <laughs> He's so serious in this. He is. Oh man, but yeah, I had I had a similar. He looked like he was having fun. He yeah, ah, oh, as much as he can look like mm, he's having mm, fun, mm. smiling on the inside. I had a lot of delight watching this. Yeah, Did you I, guys... I think this is up there, like. Obviously I had a hunch that I was going to like this more than I remembered and it's not that I hated this when I was young, I just, you know, moved on. This has just matured so nicely. You made a, a really good point when you were talking about the Will Smith years when he was probably a little less cool to a yeah. to a late teens, early 20s sort of film student. Yeah. And so the rewatch hasn't been there because you can't have been off this kind exactly. of Exactly, yeah, yeah. It's just I just haven't watched it for ages. Yeah. And I wasn't disappointed. Like I genuinely found this delightful. Like I liken it to movies like Gremlins and Ghostbusters. Like yeah, I, I can't see this right. really getting outdated now. It's made it this far. <laughs> it's a late 90s movie that should be at its most Arguably, awkward right now. Yeah. Um, and it's not. I like the, the practical effects. There is CGI as well. They are kind of doing the little in-betweenies. We like the in-betweenies. Yeah, yeah, because even the some of the – CGI is a bit shonky, but it kind of just adds to the charm a bit like Mars Attacks, we were saying. <laughs> but the practical stuff is awesome, like awesome. I think the CGI, the only, I wouldn't call it a total fail, the only one that I've got to give it a ding on is just the big bad cockroach at the end just looked a bit cartoony. It didn't, it didn't really look mm. like it was there. But everything else, man, and I get why you got to do that because, you know, you can't. I like the testicle head. Do you have any idea how much that stings? Oh, that. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's yeah. great. 
Kid grows back his balls at first. <laughs> Monk himself. It was Mr. Monk. <laughs> Mr. Shalou. What's his name? Shalou. Shalab. Shalou. Something like that. Yeah, they had um it was Rick Baker did the practical effects yep. and makeup and stuff, who we know from Nutty Professor. And he won an Oscar for that and he won an Oscar for this. And then the digital stuff was industrial light and magic. Yes. So they got the best of the best it's of the best. The, it's, sir, the, it's the right people. They got the right people. Um, I love the silliness. So this is where I'm yeah. like, I wrote yeah. this stuff down and then I went back and said, oh, it's the Bill and Ted guy. Because it's the same thing. It doesn't take itself seriously at all. It pokes fun at the whole, all, yeah. all of it. But it is genuine and earnest at the same time. It's super silly. And I think you're right. The, the opening scene where it's like, well, there's a lot going on there, but specifically you see the alien hiding, holding a stick and hiding under the fake human head like wearing an umbrella. Mm. It doesn't really make sense, but it's just so silly. <laughs> he kind of tells you everything you need to know about the movie you're about to see. <laughs> you know, it's just like. Where are we going from here? Yeah. Oh. I like that though. It's probably the type of thing that I thought I didn't like for the years, for those in-between years. Because it wasn't cute. Oh, it's stupid. Um, how would that even work, you know? But who cares how that would work? This isn't a Christopher Nolan movie. Where's its backstory? What makes him tick? Yeah. Um, and so, I, yeah, I really like that about it. And the overall aesthetic, Barry Sonnenfeld is one of those guys that I didn't know when I was a kid. I didn't know he was a guy, but he was kind of hiding there in plain sight because a lot of what he did I really liked and I just mm. never really thought about who did it. Yeah, like this an alien. Movie, like an alien. City. But he's a little bit like Tim Burton-esque and I don't mean that in – Sort of an unfair. I don't want to just say they're the same, but there's this 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 interesting, pretty distinct vibe to what he does. Like you think mm. about Adam's family, you think about this. It's definitely like a visual style he has. This yeah. al- this also had what's his name doing the music, which made it a little bit more Burton esque. Danny Hoffman. Ah, of course. Yeah, like when it opened, I was like, oh, what am I watching here? But um, some of the shots, like the when you walk into the Men in Black thing, and it's a Front the first room where it's the big fan, like it's it's mm. just some guy sitting in a fold out chair, and there's that huge fan and yeah. huge event thing. It just looks awesome. Mm. Like there's so many shots like that that are just like, oh, just cool, interesting, so interesting visually. Mm. So many things are just boring now. <laughs> this being boring. This thing is just it's silly. <laughs> it's over mm. the top, but it's a visual delight and consistent. Yeah, yeah. But in terms of like bigger things I like, I really liked the buddy cop dynamic. Like it wasn't the old cliche of like they hate each other but now they're partnering up and they're going to have to learn how to yeah. get along. Yeah. It was none of that. They respected each other from the start. They were different but they respected each other. Like he right. chose him. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. And even Will Smith was like they had some banter but he was he didn't think he was a dickhead or an idiot. Yeah, he still there asked was like questions. Respect. There was like good respect. He just wanted his respect. Yeah, respect, respect. <laughs> and I thought, I thought you might go there on the on the uh, plot synopsis there, because in addition to unbridled enthusiasm, this may also be a nice little, well, not even allegory, because it's quite literally diversity and like how you know people can be very different. They can yeah. be aliens, but there's a, you can all come to an understanding, and there can be order and all that kind of shit. And the opening scene specifically kind of shows how stupid and arbitrary and man-made a border like between the US and Mexico is when there's much bigger things to worry about. Yeah. I really like that. Like alien stickhead. Yeah, like alien stickhead. I think, what does he say? He says something like. 
We're going to have a little chat with our friend here. You fellas can hit the road. Keep on protecting us from the dangerous aliens. This is 1997, by the way. Feels like that's probably more relevant now. Correct. Yeah, so quite, I like that. I like that. Well, well, I wrote here, Tommy Lee Jones always looks very old. Yeah, he's been old forever. Did you know he was 51 when he made this movie? Fuck. If you think about the uh, Bill and Ted from a couple of weeks back yeah. and the remake they're doing, Keanu Reeves and Alex Winter are 55 and 56. Yeah, they don't look like that. And he's 51. Fuck, I think Keanu just turned 57. Yeah, well, he's yeah, he was 56. So if he just yeah. turned 57, Fuck. Tommy Lee Jones' this movie was 51. Six years younger. That's crazy. That's crazy. Crazy. He looks like he could be Keanu Reeves' dad, not genetically, in this. <laughs> <laughs> based on, just on age. Yeah, just based on. On age alone. Just based on deterioration of the, of the human form. Man, that's rough. I tell you what else I enjoyed. Vincent Dorofonina. Man, the whole cast, they're all knocking it out of the park, aren't they? <laughs> D'Onofrio. D'Onofrio. He's unbelievable. This he's is like. so funny. This is the kind of movie that would never, kind of performance that would never win an Oscar, but it kind of should have won. Like that's, fuck, man. Man, he's playing an alien in his skin. And he it does, works. He looks so uncomfortable the whole time. It's phenomenal. He can't talk properly. Oh, I'm talking oh, my friend had a cat. Oh, yeah. I want the cat back. That was very precious to me. Especially because, <laughs> you, yeah, it's all, oh, Greg's been very physical. It's so, oh, <laughs> when you're a kid, you just like it, but you don't necessarily appreciate all the things mm. he's doing. And now as an adult, and especially now as an adult, and you know who he is, and you're like, that guy is... Going all in, making some wild yeah. choices, man. I remember. Um, and he's committed. I was so committed the whole way. When I when this movie came out, I remember watching a making of the movie. Yeah. And I don't, okay, well, when I say I remember it, I remember <laughs> one part of it and it was one of the guys from the film, one of the, maybe one of the set designers or oh, yeah. some of choreographers or whatever, talking about how awesome he thought D'Onofrio was. Right. And was explaining his process and how yeah. he, how he'd went all in basically and oh, practiced and and then, I don't know, that stuck with me. And Because I remember at the time watching a movie, I was like, he just looks kind of weird. Yeah, it? yeah. It made me uncomfortable. Yeah, it was unsettling. And then watching it this time, I was like, that's awesome. Like when you watch, this is a bit like The Simpsons. When you watch The Simpsons when you're a kid, Bart's the main character. You watch it as an mm. adult, Homer's the main character. It's like watching this as a kid, I'm watching a Will Smith movie. Yeah. Watching this now, I'm watching a Vincent D'Onofrio movie, man. Yeah. I was like, every time he came on. Yeah. Give me more D'Onofrio. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, a man came in here earlier. A dead man. He was a very dear friend of mine. I believe he had an animal with him. It was a gift I gave him. A pet cat. It means worlds to me. I'd like to have it back. Amazing. Wasn't it amazing? <laughs> I've got nothing else to say other than it was just amazing. It was, just, it was hilarious. I love that. Yeah. That, so good. That whole, and his wife, his little country wife. I can't understand a word she says. She's so good. Does everyone in America say, because you know how they pronounce some names differently. Agar. She was calling him Egger. Yeah. Agar. Honestly, couldn't understand what she was saying. Even when, um, for the first time, <laughs> yeah. I understood what she said. She says, you're scaring the hang off your bones. I can, why do my voice, I can't even do the accent. She's yeah. got this weird accent. I never knew what that line was and I realised she said your skin's hanging off your bones. Yeah. It is a weird thing to say. But her, her voice is, her whole 
Okay, I'll play a clip. <laughs> Took a police report and wrote down everything I said from A to Z, not believing one thing I said. Sort of poking fun at me. And they asked me if he was murdered, how was he able to walk back in the house? And I gotta admit to you, that one got me sort of stumped. But I'll tell you something right now. I know Egger, and that was an Egger. Okay, that, uh, you know, as expected, that was easier to understand that time. But <laughs> Better be good if Friends of the Fro- <laughs> Show could at least clear up the whole Edgar Egger thing. Edgar, yeah, is this, is this a Craig, Craig, Craig thing, thing or an Aaron, Aaron thing? A Aaron? Yeah, an Aaron. <laughs> um, but she was Aaron? great. Everyone's great in this, man. Yeah. Linda Fiorentino was great. The chick, the um, doctor. Yeah. What she else has she been? Chick. She's been in a lot of things that sound like we would have liked. Dogma. Is she the dogma She's chick? in dogma. She's the dogma chick. She's quite hot. Hot. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's what I was going to say. It seems like the rest of the movies she's in are the type of thing that we would have responded quite well to at this age. Like dogma. Also, like, I think a lot of sexy movies. Was she in sexy movies? Yeah, because uh, she's quite sexy. Apparently, Barry Sonnenfeld said to her, like, you're going to do the movie. You know, there's, there's no nudity, right? <laughs> she's, she was accustomed to a. Yeah, that was kind of her thing. Ah. It'd be like Sharon Stone being in this or something. It's her breaking out. And, but she's heaps weird. Obviously, like, this is not Bechdel test territory, but I do think. Or is it? Okay. Or is it? Okay. We'll come back to that when we. No, it's not. <laughs> the answer is no. I have it an attempt. That's my new thing. I yeah. try to mansplain. <laughs> and I know I just refer to her as the chick. Yeah. But it's kind of it's how no. the movie's written. But she's quite good. The doctor like chick. She's, she's a character. She's a rounded she's a doctor. out. She's, a, she's more to her than just being like a bit of more to sexy her. doctor. She's heaps weird. She's so weird. She's a bit weird. She's delightfully weird. You know what I like to do sometimes when it's really late? No. She's a great oddball. She didn't, she kind of uh, tested too well in the, in the post prod because she didn't make it back for number two. Well, that was one of my things. Because they set her up. I, and she should have been because she's great. That, that's actually maybe where it fell off. They should have just kept going, kept going with it, maybe given them better suits because that was a bit, those suits at the end. I can't remember them. You go, oh, Really? So when, at the end where they come back out and she's an agent now yeah. and Will Smith is wearing the kind of suit that you probably w- wanted to, to wear the, here year 10 to prom. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like those were, I think we called them grandfather suits but that's not a grandfather suit. But that was in my school yard. Super like boxy. Everyone's going to give the grandfather. The button all the way to the top that's with no tie but it's like a, almost oh, like a priesty yeah, type thing. Yeah, they're rad. Yeah, and then like the sunglasses, the hard oh, man. I thought it was so cool. It's probably the thing that's aged the worst out of this, but it also, again, obviously, adds to the yeah, and look, the whole thing. Yeah, as you said, this is you're in cultural purgatory when you're about twenty years old. Yeah, actually, maybe that's why it hasn't dated that bad generally because they're just wearing suits. So the fashion wise, it's not even. Well, there is some glimpses into some puffy video film clip esque outfits earlier in the film, and a lot of that's come back. Has it? Well, just generally speaking, because it didn't look that. Just, it looked fly. It looked fly. <laughs> oh, God, you sound like Daryl Summers. I've got a clip. <laughs> what? The, the thing that has aged the worst about this movie is Will Smith's appearance on Hey, Hey, It's Saturday in Press 1997. Yeah. Daryl Summers. We played a clip recently and it's the first time I've watched anything from Hey, Hey, It's Saturday. Hey, Hey, It's Saturday for any non-Australians. 
was sort of a, a variety program, a bit like a late night format, yeah. but also family friendly. Family friendly, air quotes. But on Saturdays, a lot of double entendre. Yeah. In there, as you'll see in this. But the host, in, in re watching those clips, Daryl Summers, how did he get this job? Because he just fumbles his way through these weird conversations. And he says, he, does he, he say try, fly? Kinda. I hope he says fly. It's. Ugh. It's like the the dad of ten things I had about you, except less endearing. <laughs> the movie is it's a fantastic movie. Will Smith is not only performs on on this uh, on the title track here in the clip that we're going to show, but he also uh, composed it as well, or uh, with perhaps some other person, but uh, had a hand in that. There's another track on uh, of his on this album. Let's have a look at a little bit of the clip. Will Smith. <laughs> so you said before things from this era, they're living in the awkward stage right now. Mm. That, that that clip is the exact. <sighs> that hasn't dated well. Every weird feeling you have watching that clip is how this movie could have been, but it's not. It's you don't not. have those weird feelings. So it's quite cool. Daryl Summers, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Can I tell you a story about not meeting Will Smith in Australia? Yeah. And For this? No, it was more recently. Oh. Um, Look, I said I've I've always been a Will Smith uh, fan. Yeah, this is a this is one of our um, patented. Do you even know me? Buying me a croissant, wife. Oh, story. okay. Like Tristan's wife buying him croissants when he doesn't like croissants. Like or, Carol asking if Greg knows anyone that likes Seinfeld. Because apparently, I don't talk about it enough <laughs> to actually like it. Mm. So we were at our friend's wedding, uh, Abs and Sarah's wedding, a few years back, maybe like three years ago. It was recently. And uh, it was at the Park Hyatt in yeah. Sydney, which um, for those of you who don't know, is a beautiful hotel right on the harbour, uh, very popular with A-listers and celebrities, celebrities. Mm. Um, I think Michael Jackson dagged, dangled a baby from there. Oh, yeah. Or kissed Priscilla Presley or something. He's, he's been there. Yeah. Anyway, we got word during the wedding that um, the Fresh Prince himself was staying at the hotel that night, that he was just right. arrived and he was hanging out. So everyone left the wedding. I did. <laughs> for Just for a little bit, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. because I got really excited. Yeah. Um, you know, I had visions of me and Will. Like, I think we'll get along. I figure. I just, pictured, <laughs> I just pictured us sitting in the hotel bar lobby, drinking whiskey, smoking stogies. Chatting about things. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's connecting, solving <laughs> the world's problems. Yeah. Um, so I'm pumped at this point and mm. Carol gives me the, you don't even like Will Smith. So when do you like Will Smith? Oh. You never talk about Will Smith. <laughs> you never talk about I never talk about Will Smith. How much do you have to talk about? Yeah, some- exactly. <laughs> yeah, how much do you have to talk? Like when would I just bring him up? Did you know Will Smith? Yeah. As a Grammy at the age of... Will Smith uh, has a motorcycle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I thought for a second I thought where you were going with this was like everyone else went and met up with him and just didn't tell you because you didn't think you would be interested. No, there was no side of him. Okay, there's no side of him. It's a pretty underwhelming story in hindsight. <laughs> no, it's still good because... 
But I got yelled at for not <laughs> for how do you even like, why are you so excited that there's a celebrity here? You don't even like Will Smith. I see. I have to, I have to do this for tattoo ideas because I love tattoos. My wife doesn't. Mm-hmm. So I have to slowly, if I've got a tattoo idea in my head, I have to plant the yeah. seed with Ara that I'm interested in that thing. So by yeah. the time I reveal it as a tattoo idea, I don't get the, why? Why would you get that? I love flaming skulls. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I think is a really beautiful graphic? The Playboy bunny. <laughs> Wouldn't that be nice? Insert no, but I, yeah, it's like, a, it's like this seeding phase and then it becomes more of an above the line campaign. What's the phase? Like the time phase? Oh, it can Sorry. be years. Oof. Years. The other tactic I've had is, oh, me and Greg had a deal, so I have to get a tattoo. Yeah, we do have. We've got a deal. We we've <laughs> early on in the podcast, we were like, okay, once we hit five hundred downloads for in a week, is that what it was? That's what it was. We'll get tattoos that have to be movie themed, and so we did. It was quite a long time ago now. <laughs> you haven't. Hey, where's your end of the bargain? Yeah, that's a spaceman. It's two thousand one Space Odyssey and a monolith. Yeah, good point. What if I get a full Yakuza tat from for showdown in Little Tokyo? Yeah, that will, I'll approve that. <laughs> yeah, and then I can wear one of those little loincloths that they wear at the Yeah, but I hope you don't get a real one. You just kind of fashion your own out of a tablecloth or something. Yeah, yeah, I, assume that, I assume that's how it works. <laughs> that would be great. Out of a hand towel. Yeah, things keep falling out. <laughs> <laughs> I'll wear it to ride pools. <laughs> in the sauna there. Yeah. Uh, Oh, that'd be great. It's a really good cultural appropriation. Um, oh, should we talk more about Tommy Lee Jones? Yeah. He's such, he's such an interesting dude. Like you said, he's been old forever. I did recently find on Reddit a photo of him. I'll post it on the gram in the, from his football days. Yeah. High, high school or college football. He he was on the – he went to Harvard. Yeah. He was obviously well, well known here. So it was, was Harvard football. Yeah. Yeah. So I imagine they're probably – you know, it's not really their thing. But still, mm. it's pretty good on the old resume. Yeah. And he's reference he, from Al Gore, perhaps. What on his resume? Oh wow! They were they were roommates. Oh, yeah! Wow, that's mad. They shared a bunk. Well, they or, invented well, the internet together. Yeah. Um, but he seems like a real grumpy guy. Yeah. Because remember, we did Batman Forever way back in episode yeah. one, <laughs> and that famous story. He hated uh, he Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey. I cannot sanction your buffoonery. Is what he said to him. That's a. Yet he speaks glowingly of everyone involved in this project, but he says it in such a way where if you had that on mute, you'd think he's really angry at someone. He's a real funny kid. Yeah. I got a clip here of an interview where he's being objectively pleasant, but the, his, his whole demeanor, it's exactly mm. like this movie. He's being a delight, but he's so serious. So do you look upon this movie as sort of like a chance to make childhood dreams come true? Yes, very much so. I read a lot of science fiction as a child too. And um, I'm just very happy and lucky to be uh, associated with this this movie. Now, uh, I would imagine that this places greater demands on you as an actor than me and the we in the audience may be immediately aware of. For one thing, you've got to keep a certain level of reality going in an unreal situation. Uh, what do you see as the specific challenges to you as an actor in a situation like this? Uh, I didn't have a lot of challenges uh, because I was smart enough to follow Barry Sonnenfeld's direction and to stand right next to Will Smith every chance I got. So that you know, so that uh, that helped me out a great deal, you know. Uh, and um, so Barry knew what to do. So um, you know, I would I always had had lots of ideas, and and when he uh, whenever he uh, 
suggested an alternative, I, I did it um, immediately, even whether I believed in it or not. I think that was the smartest thing I, I did was, uh, you know, let him be the director. <laughs> it sounds like he's like a soldier speaking to his superior. He's just, mm. Yeah, it's fascinating. Which I've heard isn't always the case with him. Oh, like he yells or something. Heard he can be quite prickly on set, doesn't like taking orders, challenges. Yeah. Um, Concepts and challenges, direction. Maybe it's just when he's, if he likes you, he likes you. Doesn't always go well in interviews with him. Oh, okay. Um, you got a little clippity clip, huh? Yeah. <laughs> I've been looking forward to I haven't watched this. Greg said this pre-show. So this is a little later in the franchise. This is actually for Men in Black 3 um, and a couple of, uh, shall we say, young upstarts are interviewing him. Yeah. In a not a totally dissimilar fashion, there's no small talk around the decline of news uh, print media. Um, but why don't we see how this this one plays out for these guys? Uh, congratulations on the film. I have to say, I love how Will Smith can go back in time and 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 deal with a younger version of your character. And I want to ask you hypothetically, if you were able to go back and go to an earlier Tommy Lee Jones set and visit yourself and give you a piece of advice based on the acting knowledge you have now, well, what move, what set would that be? I don't have a clue. No clue. <laughs> okay, well, talking to Josh Brolin and some of the stuff I've read, he says that he's not playing you, he's playing Agent K. And I'm wondering, what is the separation between yourself and Agent K? Because I guess a lot of us think you bring a little bit of yourself into that role, and I'm wondering, where do you draw the separation? Well, um, you know, Agent K is a character in a movie, and I'm me, and I'm real, and there's uh, no... I'm not him. He's not me. Well, I love the, the line in the movie where it says, you know, the most destructive force in the universe is is regret. And I want to ask you, if you can look back over your career, is it was there a role of yours that you that you didn't take that you regret not taking? Uh, no. No. Now, I, I love the dynamic you and Will have in this movie because he really doesn't know you. I mean, because you have so many, uh, you have such so many secrets in your path, in your past, and he kind of has to like figure you out. And I love that dynamic because he's known you for fifteen years. Yeah. And I want to ask you if you could look back over and look at your previous characters you've played. What is one character you know the best, and one character that's still mysterious to you over your career? My mind just cannot get around a question like that. I I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> this is uh, man. This is tough. Because uh, we've probably edited that down. I kind of wanted to watch the whole thing. <laughs> but, um, some of those questions were shit. Yeah. But some of them were pretty fair. Yeah. Uh, I feel so awkward for those guys because it's that feeling where you've you gotta, lost him. You've, but you've got to keep you've going. You've got to keep going. Because what are you going to tell you your boss? You know what he's going to say the, now. What did you get out of the Tommy Lee interview? Um, I, <laughs> I stopped asking him questions. Yeah. Oh, man. That's very Bruce Willis. It's down in flames. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, 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 yeah. So he's mean. done some horrendous ones, but he seems consistent. He's, his son seems to be emerging as a bit of a dickhead, mm. Bruce Willis. Yeah. Um, but that's a that's a discussion for another time. This isn't a Bruce, Bruce Willis movie. Yeah, this, could have been. <laughs> could it? <laughs> it could have been Why both not? of them. <laughs> but I think in the, as far as him in the role as well, like Tommy Lee Jones, remember when we did Batman Forever, he talked about how he was kind of just, it's almost imitating Jimmy uh, Jim Carrey, like they were doing, both going. Yeah, yeah. they're both sort of trying to be over the top, and it didn't suit Tommy Lee Jones at all. Yeah. Whereas in this, he just plays it straight, and it works. It works. He's still funny in this. Yeah, he's hilarious. He's, he's not great. hilarious as the Harvey Two Face. Yeah, yeah. It's uncomfortable. Yeah, exactly. This uh, is his speed. He's like this is. I'll just. It's like he learned from 
from Batman Forever. Yeah. Well, Barry Sonnenfeld has talked about that too, how even for Will Smith, he's not necessarily – he's got some one-liners, but he's not necessarily slinging jokes. It's all the situations of – the situations are funny. This is something yeah. we've talked about a lot. Uh-huh. Leslie Nelson is funny because he plays it straight. Mm. Who did we have the other Everyone day? Everyone is funny in this Bill and Ted. It. Bill and Ted playing it straight, like relatively speaking. They're not, mm. they're not cracking jokes. Mm. They're reacting to the mm. situation in character. This is very very much the same thing. And Barry Sonnenfeld himself is a very interesting dude. He, um, like I said, he's one of those ones in hindsight. I was a big fan of his and I didn't know who he was because a lot of those movies I really liked. So he's done he's done a bunch. But he, where he started is yeah. what's most interesting. Yeah. He technically started in porn. Oh, I didn't get that. I just <laughs> yeah. thought he was in more creative well there's fields. there's it goes from this early chapter starts with porn and ends with being cinematographer for the Coen brothers yeah 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 that's the bit i tuned into I've got a little clip from What's the discussion the with bit? jerry seinfeld on this here's what happened my father who uh you know we rarely had electricity we rarely had phone service we'd have to cross the street to avoid lou the butcher he stole my silver dollar collection and used them as dollars to get our electricity back on. Each silver dollar was worth, you know, like 25 bucks. But, wow. he, yeah. but he always said to me, figure out what you want to do in life that will make you happy, and then you'll find a way to make money doing it. Mm-hmm. And uh, so after graduating film school, I had discovered I was a good cameraman. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I bought a U, this is pre-video, there's no video cameras. So I bought a U16 millimeter CP16 reflex. You know, the Mickey Mouse cameras that you would see like in Vietnam War newsreels and right. stuff? Because I felt if I owned a cameraman, if I owned a camera, I could call myself a cameraman without being a dilettante. Uh-huh. And that's, and the first job I got because I owned this camera was shooting these nine feature-length pornos in 16 millimeters. Well, wait a minute. How? how? <laughs> I bought the camera with a, uh, with a confused Catholic guy uh, who both was very Catholic but also had friends in the porn industry. Ah. And uh, he got us a job. Okay. So we had this camera. So that... Those nine days paid for two-thirds of the cost of buying the camera. Okay. But I was at a party one night. Everyone at the party was from Darien, Connecticut, except one other Jewish guy who looked like Howard Stern across the room, and that was Joel Cohen. Uh. And I guess we smelled each other. Or, or, <laughs> I don't know what happened, but we, we <laughs> met in the middle, and we were talking about Vim Vendors, an American friend, which had just come out, a great movie. And he said that he and his brother, Ethan, who is a statistical typist at Macy's, and he had just written this script called Blood Simple. I'm going to cut you off there, Barry. But the, <laughs> the idea there is they made this movie with the Coen brothers. He was a cinematographer. And that was the Coen brothers' first movie. Yeah, that's crazy. Or at least their first His brother was real working movie. at Macy's. It's crazy. This is the first film they directed. Yeah, he went on to also be cinematographer on Raising Arizona, Miller's Crossing, two other massive Coen Brothers movies. He worked with Rob Reiner on When Harry Met Sally and Misery. Mm. So this that first movie was in eighty four or eighty two, eighty four, and then his directorial debut was The Adams Family. So The Adams Family was his first movie. That's crazy. Yeah, 
And then he went Adam's family, Adam's family to Adam's family values. Adam's family values. Um, get shorty into this. What a streak. And he's a streak. And he's one of those guys that as an adult I'm like, oh, I didn't know. I didn't know anything about him. What an untapped resource. But unfortunately that's kind of it. <laughs> yeah. Because then he, he did Wild Wild West. So he, he, he had this amazing streak and then he did Wild Wild West. <laughs> and the pinnacle was Wild Wild West. Well, this is kind of the pinnacle and then it's all downhill. Uh, oh, no, but he did the sequels, which maybe they're good. I don't know. It's unfortunate because I, I got really excited like, oh, maybe there's this whole like but you reckon he's got something else pool coming? Pool of movies. Apparently he's working on something. He porn? was involved in the um, the Netflix series Bang version Bros? of, yeah, the Netflix series version of um, Lemony Snicket's series Unfortunate, oh, yeah. Unfortunate Events. Yeah. I never watched that though. Yeah, no. It's kind of a bummer. I wonder if it's just Hollywood, like, you know, you're only as good as your next last movie. Or maybe he just made heaps of cash. Yeah, he seems like he's doing just fine. He didn't look poor. He doesn't look poor. He doesn't look poor at all, does he? No. He's probably just having orgies out in his ranch in New Mexico. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's a, another interesting character in this film. Oh, yeah, he is? Uh, Rip Torn. Yeah. Do you know much about Rip Torn? Uh, he's so fascinating because I went through a Larry Sanders show phase. Yeah, right. And I loved him. Oh, okay. And, um, I was going to ask you if you got into that show. Yeah. I never watched all of it. It used to be on late night, didn't it? Yeah, and I didn't think I understood what it was when I was a kid. No, I definitely didn't. But it's like basically, still watch it. you know, Gary Shandling, he, he's like, yeah, I mean, it became a trend. The Office and stuff was much later, yeah. but this was, was basically that. And kind of like Kirby Enthusiasm. Yeah, yeah, pre, yeah. Precursor. It was, it's pretty bloody genius. And But he um, he's out there, man. He's pretty out there. So I only really knew him from, I think, Dodgeball and Freddie Got Fingered. <laughs> I still haven't seen that. Oh, man. I, I really liked it for some weird reason when I thought Tom Green was hilarious. It's a, it's a cult hit, isn't it? Yeah. People love it. Yeah, Tom Green is a weird Is it man. in our era? Maybe. Yeah, I think I think it kind of is just because it's more it's more uni days. But, yeah. you know, we can extend it. We'll eventually expand the period. Yeah. <laughs> when but, we run out of movies. Exactly. But <laughs> Rip Torn. Like, and then he's obviously in Dodgeball as the, um, Patch O'Houlihan. Yeah. Interestingly, he was meant to play Jack Nicholson's character in Easy Rider. Oh, wow. Now, Easy Rider's a pretty seminal 70s flick. Yeah. Dennis Hopper and who's the guy? Fonda. Peter Fonda. Peter yeah. Fonda. Mm. And story goes that he, yeah, I think he had a blowout on set, whether he clashed with the director or he definitely clashed with Hopper. Yeah, right. And years later, I think it was like 94 or something, Dennis Hopper was on, on a Letterman or a late show and accused him of holding a knife to him on set. Shit. He's like, oh, yeah, because – it was originally meant to be ripped on, but he pulled a knife on me and we got rid of him, blah, blah, blah. So he sued him for that. And he, oh. he ended up winning because he was like, no, nah, mate, that was you that pulled the knife on me. Oh, shit. Because that movie's like pretty well known that they're all on acid and uh, all kinds of stuff when they were making it. Right. But uh, anyway, he, he won. And Opera had to pay him mad. like half a million bucks or something. But it doesn't sound out of character because there was something later because he passed away now, right? Well, he, yeah, he died. But there like was a something, years ago. there was something just a few years before that where he did something. He. But it might have just been him being old and confused. No, he, yeah, he got done for stealing stuff. I yeah. think it was a bit of old and confused. But he was a bit of a crazy dude. Like he, he hit Norman Mailer over the head with a hammer. What the fuck? And he was in some movie that he was directing. He hit him in the head Shit. with a hammer. That's pretty, I don't know. I mean, he could have gone like that, you know. Like, yeah, yeah. That's a tap. That's great. I'm tapping. Yeah. Tap, tap, tap. <laughs> uh, but even tapping someone in the head with a hammer is not ideal. Such a great name too. Rip torn. Rip and torn. Yeah, it's it's, it's a pair of it's like wind two and trendy blow. jeans. 
Rip oh yeah, two trendy trendy jeans. Yeah, that works. Yeah. But he was in Thirty Rock, obviously as you said, he oh, was yeah, Larry Rock. Sanders That's show. Right. He got six noms, Emmy noms for that, including a win. Larry. <laughs> no, that sounded like Edgar. Every every voice I'm doing tonight sounds like Edgar. Larry. Yeah, that's all I can. Larry. 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 A little bit more sing song. <laughs> yeah, he's cool. I dodge thought... a wrench, you can dodge a dodgeball. Oh, there it is. Hey, we can't talk about this movie without talking about the soundtrack. Oh, absolutely not. There is some bangers on there. There are some interesting plot twists in there. So we talked about sort of the, the Mickey Mouseification of Will Smith, although he's always pretty, he's always very PG with his rapping. But apparently, some of the songs, like the Men in Black song, was co-written by Nas. What? And a bunch of the songs on Big Willie Star. Really? Yeah, that's interesting, right? Especially mm. like, you know, when I thought Will Smith was not cool, but I thought Nas was cool. Yeah, uh-huh. it's like you're an idiot, Tristan. You're allowed to like both. <laughs> you know, that's exactly. how it's like just such a dumb thing. Yeah. But also, super interesting that I only discovered this today in listening to the album, the Men in Black album, not Big Willie style. There's two debut appearances of who would go on to be mega stars. Yeah. There is a 16 year old Alicia Keys on there. What? No way, say? Alicia Keys with this song called Da Di Do. No, Da Di Da. Ah, yes. Ding not, dong to be, dang. not to be confused with Daddy Do. Oh, Ding Dong Dang. Oh, Ding Dong Dang, R.I.P. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's her, all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 16. I had to Google it. Because songs in A minor didn't come out to 2001. Yeah. Yeah, that is not a bad little number. I liked it. Um... The other one, can you guess? Uh, Aaliyah. No, Aaliyah's Or well, maybe Aaliyah. How about Beyonce with her, the Children of Destiny? Oh, what? So this doesn't even sound like them. Really? They were both born in 81, as it turns out. Sweet strings. Mm. Makes me want to play. Not going to have this at No, uh, it's no say my name. But obviously, they were, you know, they had they were bound to the plot of the film, so that's sad to write that song. Oh, which part's that about? You reckon? <laughs> I have no idea. Maybe the part where they're killing time. It's called killing time. <laughs> <laughs> I've got to say, it, we've talked about a lot of the characters tonight. It would re- be remiss of me not to mention how nice it was seeing a movie set pretty much exclusively in Manhattan. Yeah. Feels like it's cool. been a while because I did a little bit. Where did we go? We the last time we looked at New York through film mm. was Ghost. Oh yeah, which probably wasn't as generous. We, well, I had the nice apartment. Yeah, that's a great apartment. That's yeah, a relevant apartment. Yeah, um, and then we had Turtles. The film before that, so oh, it was yeah. definitely sort of dark. But it was all yeah, crime. So this was a nice uh, twist, and you've uh, you've been a. A resident of the fair city of New York. That's right. Did you get some feels watching this one? It's not your part of town, was it? Uh, not as much. There's a couple little bits here and there, the Chinatown stuff. Yeah. Um, the Goog. 
It was a nice yeah, chase the through the Goog. I definitely didn't know that was the Goog and I the first time I watched this. Oh, really? oh yeah, 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 of course, yeah. <laughs> I think the New York stuff, I mean, would you say it's a, one of the main characters in this I movie? I feel like it's a main character yeah, of this yeah, film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, but I think often in new movies now they don't actually shoot in New York. They shoot in like Toronto That's or something right. and make it look like New York. Yeah. So I think there's definitely something in these older movies that are where they actually, 100% where New York. There. There's a deli, a few delis. Yeah, yeah. There's also, you mentioned at the top of our episode, uh, a little Expo 88 link. Yeah. World's Fair. Because um, actually that stuff, because, yeah, you see that on the way to the airport. Yeah. And I remember always, oh, that's the Men in Black thing. It is. Um, the Towers of the World's Fair of 60. The World's Fair of 64, 65 yeah. apparently. Is that the one I talked about when? Maybe. World's Fair. When I was Googling it to check the year, it said something about it being it's going to be restored or something into, yeah. Into a high diving platform? I was trying to get Ara to watch, yeah, high diving. Ken Doan's going to redo it. Oh, my goodness. That um, sounds amazing. If you haven't listened to the podcast much, that wouldn't make go any listen sense. to a movie from 88 and some And some bathe dot, your ears in knowledge of Expo 88. Expo 88. Oh, did you hear they were going to do a crossover with 21 Jump Street? With ah oh, yes, I did. Yeah, read remember that. with the with the with the email hacks with the Sony hacks years ago, emails came out showing that they were going to do a crossover with um, Tatum and, and Hill. Hill, Tatum and Hill. It was going to happen, but I think they just couldn't quite work out how to do it. <laughs> yeah, so it kind of died. But they say that the one we ended up with may have carried over a lot of what they were planning to do. Because you know how 21 Jump Street was quite meta and it was kind of poking fun at remakes? Mm. Something I read was suggesting that what they were going to do was essentially, air quotes, recast Tommy Lee Jones and Will Smith with younger agents as, like you would in a movie reboot. Like it was yada yada. Um. But that's what they ended up doing with the new Men in Black movie anyway. So, did they? Yeah, but without the irony. <laughs> 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 they just did the thing they were poking fun at. Uh, Without poking fun at it. <laughs> which is flies in the face of the original. Exactly. And I wonder if that's why Tommy Lee Jones was not as pumped to promote the third one. He like seemed, maybe seemed very pumped, didn't no. you, Tommy? Do you ever get Tommy Lee and Tommy Lee Jones confused? We talked about this in our debut episode. Did we? Yeah, because we're talking about Tommy Fuck. Lee Jones because I wrote it down in my notes because it's, it's a, a big one for me. As a kid, I thought – Pamela Anderson was going out with Tommy Lee Jones. <laughs> I thought it was really, really weird. Yeah. And all, then the stories I heard about Tommy Lee, I thought were him and I was like, wow, he's more to this guy than I realised. <laughs> he's layered. <laughs> yeah, layers here. He can drive a boat with his dick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I fully thought it was the same guy. <laughs> That's disturbing. Yeah. I'm glad it's not. Yeah. I'm glad there's... A very clear distinction on between these uh, two people. Well, yeah, I guess so, ultimately. It's for the best. Yeah, 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 it's for the best. Um, Should we go through our bits? Yeah, let's get, to, let's get to verdict. I don't know what to say, really. I don't remember asking you a goddamn thing. I am the law. I'd like an answer to the question, Judge. I want to have them answered immediately. You can't handle the truth. What are you waiting for? Say what again. Say what again? I dare you. Nothing further. You're right. And that's all I have to say about that. Uh, I've tried to capture an overall, th- overall thought again, Greg. Oh, give us I've your overall to, thought. An overall thought. 
100% a rewatch. 100%. Men in Black is a diamond in the late 90s rough of two early CGI and disposable blockbusters. It has completely skipped the awkward stage of late 90s special effects driven movies that should be going through, you know, that awkward phase right now. If this movie is this good in 2020, it's only going to get better. Um, This movie deserves to sit alongside classics like Ghostbusters and Gremlins as wonder-filled, supernatural capers, equal parts entirely silly but entirely intelligent four and a half stars. Four and a half stars? No way, Jose. Yeah, four and a half. This is up there. This is like one of the most enjoyable rewatches I've had. Carol said the same. Yeah. I'd probably give it slightly less than that. Yeah. I might give it three and a half. Three and a half. But not all three and a halves are created equal. They it's are, though. solid. <laughs> no, hey, man, you've got your scoring system. This is mine. Okay. It's a, it's a strong three and a half. Yeah, okay. They made a little movie. <laughs> yep. Should we, let's get into our little uh, yes or no's, little cultural relevancy tests. Did Simpsons do it? Yes. There were two pretty small gags. Yeah, I saw those. Yeah, Yeah. just just references. Yeah. I'm not going to play them because they're not that interesting. Yeah, agreed. Porn parody, yes. Oh. But it's just called Men in Black and it looks very. Not not called blacked? No. I I thought there would be some kind of, you know, racial thing put in there. But it it was just called Men in Black. It almost looked like it was a licensed. Porn parody because it looked just like on brand film. and everything. Is there alien love in it? I don't know. I didn't alien watch love. it. I just do Google images for these things so you ah, can see that. I get a Pornhub and search the movie name. Nah, it's, it, it's, it's too scary where you get it, a Yeah, yeah, it is. There was plenty, let me tell you, there was plenty of content based on those <laughs> keywords. Bechdel test, eh, not so much. Well, there's a lady and a cat. <laughs> she talks to the cat. Ah. No, not about a guy. I don't think so. Fair enough. So what is that? She also <laughs> talks to an alien and she talks to a dead body that's an alien. That's true. It's still all knows. I mean, it's closer than most, let's be honest. Yeah, it is close. Yeah, that's what I mean. <laughs> it is actually closer than most. But no. But no. We've got to be strict on the back. Yeah. Oh. FX test, I think ultimately, yes, the, the final mega cockroach is a bit, eh, but yeah. whatever. But yeah. it's, everything else is great. Um, explosions, plenty of explosions. Recast, did you do any recasties? Uh, look, I didn't really. I, it was reimagined fairly recently, obviously, with Chris yeah. Hemsworth and uh, Apollo Creed's son's girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs> Her name's Tessa Thompson. Yeah. She's in lots of things. She is. She's in all kinds of she's things. She's great. She's yeah, she's good. That's the thing. That's good casting, yeah. kind of. Oh, well, yeah. It was like, it's interesting. Yeah. I don't think I like the idea of the characters they were cast for, but on paper, I'd be like, oh, they yeah. said we're making a new Man in Black movie with those people. I'd be like, yeah, fair enough. They've hung out in that other movie. Thor. That's right. They're both in Thor. But, yeah, uh, apparently it's pretty shitty. I haven't watched it. I haven't watched it either. But it mm. did get me thinking with the whole male-female thing, what would a Park and Rec, uh, Park and Rec reunion be like? Oh. With a bit of Chris Pratt and Aubrey Plaza. Aubrey Plaza would be good. She can be Tommy Lee Jones and he can be Will Smith. Aubrey Plaza is made for this universe. Mm. This works. I had a few. First I was like, I don't have any. Then I had one. And, and then, then I had another. Yeah. And the third one followed. Oh, stop. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Nick Cage is Edgar. Um, just because why not? The voice, he's got the voice. And then well. I, yeah, and then and I kind some of. some real expressionism happening there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I really tried to just reimagine. So if this was being made for the first time today, and I thought, who's someone old that has to teach someone new? Yeah. So I thought, actually, 
What about Arnold Schwarzenegger as K? As Tommy Lee Jones. Oh yeah. It's a different it's a different thing. Yeah. Um and Who then would he be teaching. Little Dicky. Who's Little Dicky? He's a rapper. He's a white rapper, but he's um he's got a TV he show. He's pretty funny. He does all like funny songs. Um, but he's like he's super white. Like he's Oh, he's, I think I know the guy you he's mean. He's neurotic and Is like he popular now? He's, he's not he's not cool. He's not cool. Does he look like not that young? Yeah. And he's got Brown hair? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know him. Um, but I do know how you It would mean, be a different character. He wouldn't be cool. He'd be awkward. Yeah. Maybe he's more of a swimmer. <laughs> but he's got really clever lyrics. Yeah, 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 yeah. So he would have good Oh, banter. he's got a TV show. Yeah, yeah, the TV show. I watched the TV show recently. That's yeah, my, my mate's been sending it to me. I know who you're talking about. <laughs> it's not a bad show. I just didn't know his name. Yeah. So it's a different movie, but, you know. Oh, yeah, that's interesting. Um, yeah, go on. And Larry David is Zed. Craig David? Larry David. Larry David. <laughs> Craig David could be in there too. Probably mm. an alien. Yeah. Seen that rig? Yeah. Got to be an alien. Out of this world. <laughs> hey, there it is. Oh, MVP. Oh, look, I'll probably give it to Vincent. I think I have to. Vincent who? Dorofrenia. <laughs> Same. 100%. Actually, ironically, he looked pretty good in this movie before he was an alien, but like he wasn't fat or anything yet. He got well, quite fat. He, I read that he had a um, collapsed on set of Criminal Intent. From exhaustion. Really? Because he was working too hard. He was making a movie and Laura. Oh, were these at the same time? Not if, I don't oh. know, sorry, I don't know if it was this actual movie. He was making a movie and Law and Order. Because he was he was in he's in Full Metal Jacket as well. Yeah, but like as like a kid. Yeah, I he's guess. private pile. He's yeah. like And then um the cell that was seemed like it was gonna be a big movie, so you can see the It's talented. Yeah, and then he's awesome. He's he great. was in the um Daredevil TV series on Netflix, okay. which I found quite boring. But he was awesome. He played Kingpin. That is. Big guy. Yeah. But he was like good. Not good enough for me to watch that. Yeah, he's, he's, he's a talent. He's so good. He's, he's, he's Oscar waiting to happen, I suppose. Yeah, It'll that's happen. True. He'll just get that role. He, um, yeah, I did really think he lives a pretty good life. Yeah, he would. If you're on a Law and Order show, man, fuck. That's some sweet pay to it. But he seems like a creative type that's not enough. Sure, mm. I think he he wants to get he likes out there the and do things. Yeah, yeah, like this one. Yeah, exactly. What are we doing next week? Fuck, I don't even know. I don't even know. Well, while well, we're looking that up, hey, yeah, thanks for listening. Oh yes, I thought you were talking to me, but you're talking <laughs> to the friends of the friends show. friends of the show. Thanks for listening. If you're new to the show, we're on Instagram, we're on the Facebooks, um, at Doubling Back Podcast. Come join us. Nice little community going there. We post the things. We discuss things. We do things. You double tap it. Double tap it. You give it a little love heart there. I'm not on the TikTok yet, but maybe my wife will do that soon. Who knows? Um, According to this, we've got Lethal Weapon. Ooh. That's a big one. Shit, that is a big one. Looking forward to that. Well, fuck yeah. It's a big one next week. Yeah. Kind of lap packy. Kind of lap packy. Yeah, we're we're on the periphery. Yeah, Gibson's. It's a hybrid. He has his moments. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But that's it. Hey, if you if you like the show, please leave us a review. That helps us a lot. Um, works out the algorithm. Tell guys. your mother. It's science. Tell your dad. T- tell your nephew. Tell your coworker. Tell your mailman. See you next week. Bye. Bye. Oh, what do we do?